right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. So good to see all your beautiful faces. My name is Mo Christmas. I'm one of the staff pastors here. It's always good to be in the house with you, worshiping an amazing God. You know, we want to take this opportunity to uh, receive our tithes and offering. It's, there's something about taking what we have and honoring God with it. You know, throughout Scripture, we see that uh, blessings and favor and increase and miracles are attached to our obedience. It's attached to what our obedience to do God's will. Whatever it is that he's asking you to do, those things follow. And if you need an offering envelope, go on to seat back pockets in front of you. If you're like me, you like to give online, your instructions are on the screen. But I want to read out of Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It says, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you. Then, so once we've done our part, then it says every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. So right here we see that when we are good stewards of our money, when we are um, uh, obedient to honor him, to glorify, says glorify him with all of it, but honor him with the tithe, the 10% of all your increase. So the tithe isn't the only thing that honors him, all of it, because he's given it all to us. So we glorify him with, in any way we can to give where we can to make sure that the money is a tool in our hands so that we're not caught up trying to figure out how am I going to figure it out. It's not my job to figure it out. It's God's job to take care of me if I would do his will. So when we give, I am letting God know that I'm taking all the pressure off me. I'm going to take what you've blessed me with, take what you've given me. I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to watch and see what you will do. Blessings, favor, every dimension of my life, which isn't just finances. It's my health. It's my sanity. It's all that comes with all the things that we're believing for. That's what we can expect because we've taken something that's so close to our hearts. And we say, God, it's yours. Do what you will with it. And I'm going to, I'm going to testify of how good you are because I've done my part. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful to be in this place. Lord, we thank you for uh, your way of doing things. Lord, as we give this morning, we give with such joy in our hearts, such faith, knowing that you're going to take care of our every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So Father, thank you for blessing us beyond anything we could imagine or think and allowing us to be a blessing. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. How's everybody feeling this morning? Hey, welcome to church today. Turn to your neighbor and say, you made it today. So glad you're here. If you're a guest with us, my name is Josh Roberts. I'm one of the pastors here. And on behalf of our team and our family, we're going to say welcome to church. Can you give it up for these guys? We're going to... We're going to do something different today. I want to take a moment and just say, hey, we're so pumped you're here. Happy Thanksgiving week. If, if you're going away, we want to say we're praying for you as you go spend time with family. And I want to echo what Rebecca said, man, let's savor this week with our friends, with our family as we, think, as we thank God for all that we have. Let's make sure that we're looking around and we're being generous to those around us. 
hey, if I haven't met you again, I wanna, I'm going to be in the lobby after service. I'd love to shake your hand and find out about how you heard about IFC and what brought you here today. But today's a very special day. We're in a series called Generosity Speaks. We've been talking about how our giving makes room for the gospel to go forward. How the things that we sow are, are seeds, how they make a difference in the lives of people that may not know Christ. Last week, man, we did something phenomenal. We gave away around $8,000, right? We put it back in your hands. By a show of hands, how many of you gave your money away? How many of you sowed your seed? Was that fun? How many of you were blessed by doing that? I want to encourage you, you can still share your stories uh, on our social media using the hashtag Generosity Speaks, or you can email us, giving at intlfamilychurch.com. We want to hear what happened in your heart and what happened in the hearts of those that received those gifts. Uh, I pray it blessed you. And today we want to continue to do something a little different. We're going to have a panel, and I want to have a discussion about what it means to give when you really don't have anything to give. Well, what, is it, what, what does generosity look like when things are tight? How do we sacrifice to make sure that the gospel goes forward with our seed? I'm going to ask my panel to come forward. Would you make some noise as they come? I've got some amazing people here. These are all partners of IFC, and I've been having some conversations with them sidebar throughout the last few weeks and few months, and I thought, why don't we just get them around the table and let's have this conversation. This is Jacqueline and Eliel Da Silva. Would you make some noise for them? How long y'all been at the church? How long y'all been at the church? 19 years. They've got three beautiful little girls. They serve on our elder team. They're business owners. I love these people. This is Miss Mama Sissy Waith. And uh, Miss Sissy's been here for 36 years, uh, single mom, raised three amazing kids all grown and out of the house. She oversees all of our medical team here. Honored you would sit with us today. Right here, the young gun. This is Barbara Rodriguez, 26 years old. And um, I met Barbara a couple years ago. She was coming home from Christ for the Nations and said she's getting a job at Gordon Cromwell. And I said, what are you doing there? She said, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And we got to talking about missions. And uh, last year, she quit her job. And the first four months of this year, she spent in India. And uh, this next week, she's leaving to go back for around six months. She bought a one-way ticket and said, Pastor, I don't know when I'm coming home. I'll keep you posted. I'm honored you would be here. Making some noise for Barbara. These are great people too, Mike and Marcy Green. How long y'all been at the church? 30 years. Uh, Marcy's been our CFO for the last few years. Her husband, Mike, serves on our board. They've got three, uh, three amazing boys, two teenagers and one that just went off to college. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful you guys would be here. I should get my notes out. We decided we're going to have a conversation and then you get to just be a part of this. So I'm going to ask you, take out, your, take out your phone. We don't have notes or anything for the screens because I really want this to be out of our hearts today. But I want to talk today about sowing seed in, in the capacity of, man, sometimes life is tough. And I know in December next, actually in two weeks, December 3rd, we have our, our generosity giving uh, service. It's Vision Sunday. And we've been talking about sowing seed into the future. But I, wanna, I want us just to have a discussion today about what do you do when, when things are tight, when you don't have something to sow? I know many situations in our church where, man, our hearts, we want to give, but naturally it doesn't look like we can give. Share some examples or stories of seasons or times where the Lord prompted you to give, 
really in the natural, it didn't seem like it was possible. Who wants to jump in here? Oh, Mama Sissy, come on. We'll see you now. Yep, you're good. Am I good? Well, seeing I'm the oldest one on here. Come on. <laughs> I've embraced the fact that I'm a mother in Zion. Yep. I'm embracing the fact that I've been through hard times because in 1992, my husband went home to be with the Lord, leaving me with three children to raise. Yeah. Going from a two-income to one-income family and trusting God through every yeah. step, allowing my children to be with me to understand what was going on and just stick it out with me. Yes. Learning to praise the Lord. We sang that song, Get Up My Soul. <laughs> praise the Lord. There's a lion inside of you. I am a lion. Yeah. I'm a fighter. Yes, you are. <laughs> and I trust God. So in terms of what I did, just encouraging them to understand we are going to still stand on the word of God. Yes, we just brought a house, but we are not going to lose this house in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right. Learning how to cut back and still tithe, still give offerings, and seeding when I needed to. Yeah. Okay, so I'll share a story. Um, you can jump in if you want. So anybody who tried to buy a house in the like early 2000s, I mean, it was very similar to the housing market that we've had the last few years where every house was like going $100,000 over asking and sold in five minutes and that kind of stuff. And so Mike and I were semi-newly married and we were in the market to um, buy a house and we had been, I mean, for over a year, easily, right? And... So every house, we would like like it, put a bid, and get out bid. And it just felt like house after house after house, and it got exhausting. So anyway, along comes um, so something sort of similar to probably what's going to happen in a few weeks, where there was like an offering for the house, the church. And um, God spoke to us about giving in that. And to be honest, we were, you know, fairly newly married. We didn't have a ton of money. Um, and we, every bit that we had, we, we wanted because we knew we were going to have to bid over asking price yeah. and we knew we, we wanted a house. And so it just felt like we, we needed to keep the money. It felt like we need to keep this for ourselves because we know what we need to do. And so, um, but God dealt with us about giving in that offering and we gave and we gave sacrificially. We gave an amount that was in our minds, very sacrificial, but we did it knowing that you know, we just want to obey God. And so we did. And I would say within six months, I want to say, um, a house came on and we got to see it before it came on and got to put an offer in and that became our house. So I do feel like um, God blesses when you um, feel like you don't have it to give or when you feel like, oh, I really need this for myself. I could really do, I know what I want this for. I know what I could do this, you know, do with this money. Yeah. But God knows better and he, he blessed that for us. So Great story. Um, I thought she was going to pick a different one, so if I could share on, a yeah. different one that takes us back to... Um, There's so many. <laughs> when we first got married, I, I, I could speak for myself. I think we were probably both in the same boat, but I barely could rub two nickels together. It yeah. was just paycheck to paycheck. We got married. Uh, we moved into an apartment. We both had cars. Hers was a little bit newer than mine, I'd say. Maybe you know four or five years 
So my thought was, we only need one car. We're in the city. Let's just sell this car, and we could use it to at least put into savings. And I think what we prayed and talked about was let's just give it away. Yeah. And so there was a, there was a family that um, one of the kids needed a car, and we just decided to sew the car, believing that by doing that, it would just, it, first of all, it was an opportunity, and then secondly, um, we felt like it was the right thing to do. And so without even really much thought, we just did it. And uh, I felt like for us personally, that started to change for us financially with opportunities, growth, increase, yeah. all the blessings that went behind it. That's good. I love that because we serve a creative God. And I think sometimes we are quick to dismiss when, we, uh, when there's opportunities that we're presented with to bless people because we think, well, I just don't have, I don't have it in my hands. And so um, when our heart truly is to, to bless and to give and to be Jesus to people, I love that verse in James where it says, I ask for wisdom. And when I ask for wisdom, he gives me ways to meet needs in ways that I don't even think, whether it is selling something and being yeah. able to sow the money, whether it's going without. I know you've told stories of, hey, someone needed a meal, so we're, we're going to fast, mm -hmm. and we're going to take the grocery money and buy groceries and prepare that person a meal. Like, there's just all kinds of ways that if our, really, our heart really is, man, I, I want to yeah. do this, he'll show you yeah. and lead you on how to do it. Yeah, that's, that's been a struggle for me. I'm, as many of you know, I'm, I'm a collector. I'm a hoarder. I love, I love antiques. I love toys. And in our 11 years of marriage, there's been plenty of times where, where we, we wanted to sew. We knew the Lord was speaking to us to sew. We didn't have anything to sew. We didn't have a savings. We didn't have extra at the end of the month. And I would sell some stuff, and she'd come back, and she'd say, where'd you get that money? And I'd say, I sold my motorcycle. She's like, you love that motorcycle. And I'm like, I know, I love that motorcycle so much. And we'd bring that seed, and I would honor the Lord saying, I, I didn't have anything else, but I'm, gonna, I'm willing to give something up that means something to me to make sure that something happens. And, and, and I'm, I'm not saying this arrogantly, but every season, man, God's brought me stuff that brings me joy because he knows stuff doesn't have me. Yeah. I, was, I was a young man. I remember a, a, a gentleman in our church who was on my dad's board uh, we, had, we were from South Alabama, so don't, don't judge us. Uh, but, but, but we liked guns. We, were, we liked to go hunting, and we started collecting guns. And this gentleman gave my dad a very nice rifle. And I remember that rifle was like his prized possession. Like, he loved this gun. And the guns in the house were kind of like, you just ask permission, we could go to the gun safe, and if I wanted to borrow one of the guns or Joey, we'd... And I said, hey, Dad, can I borrow that rifle? And he said, oh, I don't have it anymore. And I said, what do you mean you don't have it? That's your favorite gun. And he said, yeah, I sewed that last week. I said, you sewed it to who? He said, I sewed it to a gentleman who came through the church. He said, we got talking about hunting. He was believing for that same exact gun. You know, I, I think sometimes we think that resource has to be just finances that are extra. And, and what I really want to challenge you in the season is what do you have? For some of us in the season, Steph and I, we're getting ready to sell some stuff. Like I'm getting ready to sell some stuff that means to me so on December 3rd, I can bring my seed and say, I love you more than I love that stuff. I love the vision of this house more than I love the toys and the collectibles and the things that God's given me. Anybody else want to jump in on that? Anything else you want to say about? Go for it, Barbara. I do. <laughs> um, when I was in my early 20s, I was a 
Bible college student, Baroque, right? Uh, living by faith. And I looked at the couples in my school, married couples who had children, and I was like, how could I be a blessing to their life? How could I sow into their marriage? And I would just go up to, they didn't even know me, uh, I would just go up to couples, and I'd just be like, hi, my name is Barbara, <laughs> uh, I'm a first semester, and uh, I really wanna bless your marriage by offering to babysit for free, so you guys can go on dates. And I really believe in the power of also sewing with your time. Yes. And I did not know how to watch kids uh, <laughs> at all. I just, I, I was just like, well, you know, how bad could a, a two-year-old be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, sewing with, <laughs> I soon found out, but sewing with your time. And then I eventually did that for single moms who were on campus too, and just different couples. And we can sew with our time. Yes. Absolutely. Let's talk about obedience in, in our giving. Um, I, I truly believe that there are windows of time that you get to sow into that close after a season of time. Steph and I, uh, before we moved to Boston, we were part of planting churches down in Florida, Southern California, Oklahoma. And one of the things that I appreciate about planting churches was the setup and teardown team. And that was usually the team that I served on. We would show up at 4 a.m. We would go to the rental place, pick up our trucks where we stored our stuff, and we would show up and we would unload the chairs, the lights, the kids' stuff. And I would tell our guys on those teams, I said, you're sowing a seed that you'll only be able to sow for a short window. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I said, because we're not always going to be portable. And because you're willing to get up early and stay late after service to tear it back down and put it away, I said, I believe there's a special blessing on this team that no other team in the church gets because all the other teams will exist afterwards. This is a window. And I watched men who were um, starting businesses, starting marriages, starting families, they would come serve on that team and it was almost like that time was so special that God just supernaturally blessed them. And what they would all tie it back to, it's because I'm on the team that, that's gonna be here for a short time. You know, when I, when I think about investing, I'm, I like early adopters. I like to get in on things that are fresh and new. I mean, we would have all liked to buy, bought Apple stock in the 80s, right? <laughs> or Amazon or Tesla. I mean, how many of us, Tesla would have been great a few years back. And, and I believe there's a bunch of people that saw it as an opportunity. Do you think there's a correlation between when God speaks to us about sowing and the harvest on that window? Is there a window? I'm asking y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to... Sure. share my thoughts on that. Yeah, I believe when God presents an opportunity, first of all, you have to see it through that lens because sometimes we can look at it and think it's just uh, a way to take advantage of my situation or me or and just step back and think about what what is this opportunity? Is it an opportunity? Yeah. And when I've looked at it through the lens of through my heart and through God, it changes the situation for me and we've we've been through this many times where we've quickly looked at each other and we could just we knew that was an opportunity we could have chose to procrastinate and say let's not do it now let's do it later yeah i think there's a something to the moment and when that window is open it can close real fast in terms of what god's waiting to see your decision yep and so we've always tried to trust god make the right decision and just believe that if our hearts are right, it's going to yeah. come out the right way. And it always has for us. 
Eliel, me and you were having a conversation earlier this week, and you said that just a few short years ago, you were prompted to sow a seed, and literally it was everything you had. Will you share that? Because I think that's important. There was a, a moment the Lord spoke to you, yeah. and you told Jacqueline, we got to do this. Yeah. So anyway, reflecting last couple of days about being here in this panel made me realize that my life, my, the story of my life actually is a pretty radical one. I was talk to my, talking to my wife last night. So if you're going through any difficulty financially, whatever you've been through, I feel like I can relate. Because my story started for me living in Brazil in pursuit of big dreams, left family, everything, college, good career, everything. And then I came here, I, had a, um, I rented a room to our roommate, which we lived together for four years. Our, both our careers started together. We started investing in real estate together. Some of the techniques and systems of investing in real estate I presented to him. With, with, and he went on to today owning 13,000 luxury apartments worth almost $3 billion with a B. Yeah. And that started the journey of me for 20 years watching everyone around me prosper. Why I didn't. So many times in my life I had people come back, um, people that worked for me, um, employees, 1099, come back, say thank you. Thank you for helping me start my business. You changed my life doing wildly well. And then 13 years when my wife married, we married, my wife journeyed me in the journey of pain, severe pain. Everything I tried failed probably a hundred times. I invest everything I had in training for multimillionaires and billionaires, piles of books, tens of thousands, six figure in training, conferences, traveling, Every single thing, every business, every partnership, every deal, every property I own went wrong. Not long ago, it was so severe that family never knew, friends never knew the pain. Nobody ever knew. If I tell you my story deeply, if I had time, there's most likely a chance that you will cry and more, even more that I'll cry with you. And very recently, it got so severe that I build houses for people, their dreams, multi-million dollar home. And I am in a tiny little apartment. And not only that, I'm losing the foreclosure. We got our, our car repossessed. My wife went to the store one time with three kids, two cars full of groceries, had to turn around and leave after all in the cashier. While I'm doing big projects, being partner, major partner, it's, it's like a mystery. People would tell to me, close friends from IFC, in fact, said, it's a mystery. I'm in the middle of the night trying to figure out what it, I know you are a tither. I know we're a giver. I don't know. It's a mystery to me. But here it comes. Not long ago, I was praying and looking at the clock at midnight. So giving to me means beginning of a new day. A change of life. Come it's on. a divide of, hours, of, of waters. And I asked God, I'm desperate. It's not days. Weeks, months, years, now is decades of pain. No one can sustain this level of believing and dreaming big every day. I don't know anyone personally. I need help. Not because there's not much money left, but because everything I try does not work. And that moment when I look on the clock, midnight, God said, give and it shall be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be given to you. 
I woke up in the morning and it was so radical. It's a revelation. Giving is a revelation, a life-changing revelation. I can go into deep what that means in the moment and God was saying, this is what it is. It's give, nothing else, not to, what to give, what to, when to give, uh, to whom to give, when to give, it's just give. It's simple, it's a secret. And I, next morning I told her, I said, give everything we have. And she laughed. She looked and we only have a little more than $100. She said, I'll round it up. I said, give it. And then it started. A little more than 24 hours later, I got a check for more than $20,000 when I was expecting. Yeah. Everything changes. In a little over two years, we're on the way of paying our house. We, bought an, uh, we started a new business, free, debt-free. Yeah. And we, when Pastor Josh called for us to be in this panel, we didn't see it, but next morning I woke up, I cried. I showed my wife the audio, she cried. Because in that very moment he called, it was the moment we decided, we came from a meeting deciding that our new home, we just signed a PNS uh, Friday for a new home being built right now. Yeah, good. yeah and I'll just say during that painful, painful time, I would say a decade ago, I was pregnant with my firstborn, Adele, so she's nine now. And, you know, statistically speaking, the number one reason for divorce is financial problems. Because Jesus spoke so much about finances, it, it actually is a direct link to your heart. So if you don't give, it's a heart issue. And he was talking about, it's either, the Bible talks about in Matthew 6 or 7, where it says, you know, it's either the, you're going to serve mammon or God. And... So when I was pregnant with Adele, I was at a point with my husband. We always communicate through everything. We always work things out. We hash it out. I don't like to ever leave it. I would rather a volcanic reaction in a marriage than nothing at all. Like, that's kind of my vibe. I'm Italian. He's Brazilian. It works for us. So I'd rather work through it than hide it away, right? So all that to say... Um, we had a three-day impasse of not communicating. He wanted to invest in something so bad, and I felt strongly that we weren't supposed to. And we were just at a three-day impasse, and it scared the living daylights out of me because it's not normal for us. And I knew I was at a crossroads in my marriage. It might sound silly to you, but to me, I knew I had to make a decision. So where did I go? I went into my bedroom on the floor, pregnant, like a whale. <laughs> and I sat there crying my eyes out to the Lord. I just cried and I said, show me what to do. Give me direction. I need help. Just, I just started praying. And that's when he said, you might be right in this area, Jacqueline, but your husband won't budge. <laughs> he won't budge. Therefore, I want you to choose your marriage over what you want to do, because if you stick your feet in the ground in your stubbornness, it's just going to get worse. It's going to be like a little earthquake in your marriage. It's not going to work out. This is your crossroads. It's going to be a long, hard road, but you will get through it. So for me, like Psalm 62, I think it's 62 verse 8, where it says, trust in the Lord at all times. Yeah. Pour out your heart before him, for he is a refuge for us. So for me, my testimony is this. I pour out my heart before the Lord. Every trial you go through, whether it's finances, whether it's addiction, whether it's whatever it is, 
pour out your heart before the Lord, and he will give you direction. Even if it's a long, hard road, he'll give you hope. He'll give you clarity. Anything. Go to God. Because I remember in that time when I went to the Lord again, I said, I can't take this anymore, God. I know you, many of you, are, if not all of you, have been there where I can't take this pain anymore. And God said to me, he said, in Revelation 21, he reminded me of the streets are made of gold. The streets are so made of gold in heaven that they're clear. And he was saying in Colossians 3, seek the things that are above. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things on this earth. So what he was telling me there was, I want you to have a mindset in heaven. I want you to lock eyes. You're in such debt here on this earth, and you're, over, you're so consumed. But I want you to have a mindset to focus on my heavenly kingdom, that there's so much wealth in me yeah. that stop being limited by yeah. where you're at. And that's so what good. helped me get through. So good. Yes. As you know, I had three children, and when my daughter, the oldest, started college, I did not have the money to pay the tuition. I went to the Boston Public Library to look for scholarships and they asked me what I did. I goes, I'm a nurse. He goes, well, you might as well just give that up because you're a nurse. You should be able to afford to send your daughter to college. If you really want to get this scholarship, why don't you quit your job, go on welfare. Come on. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> go on welfare and that's when you will get all the scholarships you want for your daughter. And in the name of Jesus, I goes, there is no way yeah. I would do that. So that's when I really dug my feet into the ground. And I says, Father, in the name of Jesus, you said you will supply all of our needs. I am a tither. Yeah. I'm an offering giver. And I will, there will be a way. And Lord, you'll help, you, will, you will help me find that way. And there was once that I had a prompting to give an offering above and beyond my tithes and offering. It was a seed. I didn't have what I needed to pay her tuition for that month, but I gave that quickly and promptly. Let me just say this to you. Delayed obedience really comes down to disobedience. Good. When you have a prompting to do something, give it right away. And by doing that, I go, Father, I trust you. I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm going to put this money in your hands. Yeah. In the next week, an old brother who's in heaven now from the church came up to me and says, how's your daughter doing? I go, she's doing well. He's here, take this to bless her. It was exactly what I needed yeah. to pay her tuition. Yeah. Great story. Great story, you guys. And Sissy, that, adding that to the story, too, was um, powerful. It made me realize what's consistent here, <clears throat> and we saw it even in our own finances as we've believed for big things when things didn't seem to be going our way is the obedience to continue. You were talking about tithing and that heart of generosity and just not wavering off of that because sometimes it's easy to wait and say, well, let me wait for the circumstance to yeah. present itself, and then when we're ready, we'll do it. That's right. And almost deferring it, and the fact that you didn't, that blessed me, so thank you. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 11 <laughs> talks about people that look at the wind before they're going to sow. They look at the seasons. In our day and age, we could say there's people that won't sow because of the way the economy's going. 
or the way of who's in office is going. And I want to say to you as a church family, man, we're not looking to natural circumstances. We look inward to the prompting of the Spirit. When He says so, that's when the opportunity is made for us. Yes. I've, I've passed on so many opportunities where I knew we were supposed to do something um, beyond our capacity. Again, not having it. But the Lord's saying, do something, figure it out. Get a seed in the ground, like right now. Yes. And I look back six months later, like, hey, we have the seed now. And it's like, that project's passed. That, that moment's yeah. passed for us. And I had to repent and say, Lord, I'm going to be one moving forward. When you tell me to do it, I'm going to figure it out. And that's how Steph and I have lived our life. And I think that's the, the story of all these people on this panel is, man, when God says do something, we do it. Did you want to jump in there? No, I just, as we move forward, I was just saying, you know, the whole purpose in this even today in this whole Generosity Speaks is, is the understanding and the revelation of living by kingdom principles. Yeah. That's, that's who we're supposed to be as children of God, as people who have chosen uh, to follow God's path. It's, this is not a, a give to get thing. This is not a like, I'm going to do this and so God's going to do that. It's all about our heart. That's right. It's all about the attitude of our heart. It's all about our desire to be Jesus yeah. on the earth. It's all about our desire to be the representation of him that we're called to be when we become followers of Jesus. And the thing is, is that he has made a way that when we live according to his principles, that we get our needs met and that we get to meet the needs yeah. of others. There's so many stories in, in Acts in the New Testament where it talks about the church selling and people, people selling things and then and giving the money and and it says everyone's needs were met. Yeah. And so the heart behind everything is just, man, if, if you can get a revelation of God as your provision, as yes. the, your Father who loves you and that he's trustworthy, Amen. that what he says in his yeah. word he will do. And when yeah. you choose to live by those principles, he shows up. He shows up in ways that we cannot. He shows up and does things that nobody could do for us. And it will... Man, it just takes your, your walk with the Lord to another level. He becomes more real. He becomes uh, just, he just reveals himself in so many ways that when you choose not to live that way, you're missing out. Yes. You're missing out on what he wants to do for you. Let's talk about that as we wrap up here for the last few minutes. What's the role of a believer in generosity? You know, I don't know about you guys, but we've never had a money tree in our yard. <laughs> But he's given us our hands and our mind, and he's given us the ability to get wealth. I, I, I've never been in a rainstorm where all of a sudden there was just money coming from heaven for humanity. What's the role of the believer? Let me, let me back up. I believe the role of the believer is we are to be distributors of that wealth. How is that applied to your life and understanding, man, God's brought it to me. I've got to get it to where it needs to go. Go ahead, Barbara. Oh, my gosh. Um, be, because there are givers, I'm able to go. And you were talking about a window. And sometimes things can't wait. Sometimes there is an urgency. Yeah. Um, I was serving for about for a few months at a girl's at a children's home. And three of the girls moved out and they moved into a place, but they were sleeping on the floor. And I said, they can't sleep on the floor. And those who have partnered with me have sowed for this cause. And I just felt it in my heart. You need to get the beds. You need to get all the beds. You need to put that in their place. Because others were able 
to give, I was a steward of just giving it right back out. And I live by the principle of my hands are, as my hands are open to receive, they're open to give. Yeah. And, I, and with what Pastor Stephanie was saying about heart issue, I believe that our role, I think that if we were dependent on God, we would be better givers. I think obedience is dependency and depending on what he has said. And I live by Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He provides, he, he's my dad, he's got my back. Yeah. I have all that I need. Amen. And so as we live under that revelation that he is my shepherd, I am not my shepherd. If we live under the dependency that he is my shepherd, that means that he responds he makes himself responsible yeah. for all that I need. So good. Beautiful. You're looking at battle-tested people. If we can do it, so can you. Yes. We are here to undergird you, and you are here to stand on our shoulders, and we will show you the way if you would just trust him. Yeah. My sheep know my voice. In a voice of a stranger, they won't follow. You know the voice of the Lord. Yeah. So follow him. Amen? Amen. So good. And I just wanted to say something, too, in addition to that. Um, Proverbs 3, verse 5, they tell our kids that a lot upstairs. It's my motto in life is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So what does that mean for money and everything in life is that don't rely on your own understanding because obedience doesn't make sense so many times. Jesus spitting in the mud doesn't make sense. Yeah. Christians would make fun of him today. So obedience to Jesus won't make sense. So sometimes the less you think, just do. Give $100, just do it. Don't overthink it. He'll provide. And that's kind of my motto now is just trust him, just do it. Don't overthink it because we can overthink or outthink or think ourselves out of obedience. That's so. Right. He will make a way, just like Barbara said, he is your shepherd, and that is it. When you're in moments when you feel like you can't do it, it's amazing how he supersedes our understanding, and he'll make a way, and you'll never expect it. You'll never d know the timing, but it's perfect. It's perfect. So good. I think, um, you know, you asked the question, like, what's our role? I think... In this field, to Sissy's point, we are really battle-tested. I mean, Mike and I have been through a thing or two, and, uh, <laughs> like, we don't have time to share it all. So anyway, um, but when it comes to generosity, I really think most of the time it's sacrificial. Very, very sacrificial. And it doesn't, we have found, it doesn't matter whether you have a little or whether you have a lot. Yeah. Because we have been very blessed, and we are now in a position where we can be a blessing, which is wonderful. But I have found that the more we've had, the more God has required of us. And so it still feels sacrificial yes. because you still have bills to pay. You still have kids. I just sent a kid to college, you know, and the, the tendency is to want to say, like, no, I need it for this, or no, I, you know. And I have found that... Um, 
It's the sacrificial part that is really the hardest part. Yeah. And it does go back to your heart, I think. Yeah. Um, and will you be quick to obey? We have so many stories. I mean, just too many to even share about times that God has asked us to give something or asked us to do something. And as a married couple, people who are married will understand this, right? One spouse gets one number and the other spouse gets a different number. <laughs> and one spouse, and, or nothing, yeah, or, and one spouse inevitably gets a much higher number and you look at each other like, really? Oh, you sure about that? So um, we've been in those situations and we've learned just always go with the higher number, right? Don't, don't, over, don't overthink it, don't quite, just always go with the higher number. But I, I just want to encourage people like, it's gonna feel sacrificial, yeah. I think, no matter what stage you're at. Yeah. And I, that is generosity, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and on top of that, great job on that point. Um, I, I would say it's also helpful for us to remember it's not ours. That's right. So like when we have, it's not thinking about it, and then it's not, it's remembering it's not ours anyway. That's right. So we're just stewards of what we have, and that has always helped us keep the priority right and make it easier decision. I'll close with that. I, I heard this statement recently. We're, we're owners of nothing. We're stewards of, of everything. And I want to just communicate this to you. You know, you, you hear stories about people that are succeeding now and things are great. It was because their heart was to sow when they had nothing. And that's why they've been given great resource. I've shared our story. When Stephanie and I got married, we had nothing. I was looking for seed to sow. We had zero. In fact, we owed so much money, but our heart was to give. I'm grateful that we're, that we're out of debt now, but I can say this. It's because we sowed when we had nothing. Yeah. And for some of you, you're saying, I don't know how we're going to get out of this debt hole, or I don't know how we're ever going to get over and above, or I don't know how we're ever going to buy a house, or I don't know how we're going to send our kids to college. And I want to say this. What is in your hand? What's in your hand? Elijah said that to the woman yes. during a drought. Hey, what is in your hand? She said, I got just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And he said, that'll work. That's a seed right there. Yes. And she said, but wait, this is, this is all we have. We're going to die just like everybody else around us is dead. And he said, if you'll take that and turn it into a seed, God will intervene. And I know many needs of this house. Steph and I do a lot of counseling. We talk with a lot of families. We're very engaged in the life of our church. And I want to just say this to you. Don't limit God. Yes. And don't limit what you have. Yes. What you have, consider it a seed. December 3rd in two weeks, we're going to take up a special offering. And we're going to sow it into this facility. I shared it on Friday night. If you were here at Vision and Prayer Night, um, we're going to do a significant overhaul on our facility. And over the past, we've given our money outside of the house given away hundreds of thousands of dollars to organizations and nonprofits and missionaries. And we're going to continue to do that. In fact, this year, I'm excited to give you a report in just a few weeks about what we've given. But in 2022, we gave away $615,000 right out of this house all over the world. I'm grateful for a group of generous people. I said it Friday night, and I'll say it again. This is not an arm-twisting church. We don't operate that way. What we want to present is opportunities. And on December 3rd, on Vision Sunday, I'm going to share some greater vision about where the church is going as a whole in 2024. And for many of you who weren't here on Friday night, but I shared that in just a few weeks, December 17th, we're going to begin renovations on this auditorium. And for 12 weeks, we're going to shut it down, and we're going to meet in other areas of the building. And we're going to renovate this from top to bottom. 
And as soon as that's done, we're going to renovate the first floor lobby. And we're going to renovate the kids' world lobby. And what we're doing is we're expanding and building for those that aren't here yet. For those that don't know the gospel yet. And there's many that have sacrificed over the last 42 years of our church. Steph and I have been here for eight. We've owned this building now for 18 years, debt-free. Somebody sacrificially paid for the carpet that we're meeting on today. Someone sacrificially sewed for these speakers and the sound system and the cameras and the toys up in the kids' classrooms so our families can enjoy this amazing place. And what I'm asking today is that you would ask the Lord, what part would you play in this next opportunity that the gospel would go forward for another 18 years and those that are going to give their hearts to the Lord on Easter Sunday and beyond for the next 18 years, would he have you to sow into that? Here's what I know. When we all do what he tells us to do, his mission gets accomplished. And you may say, well, man, I I don't have that much to sow. Your little can be turned into much when added collectively together. And for some of us that have great wealth, it shouldn't be about, well, what can we do? I'm going to ask you again. Not what's left over. What would he have you to do in this season, in this opportunity? I really believe it this way. We're all together collectively sowing into the future. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for their hearts. Lord, that it wouldn't be our words today that they would hear your voice and your leading for them to be a part of what is coming. Lord, we're grateful for all that you've done in this house. But we have great expectation about the future and the future families that will come and experience the goodness of God and start a relationship with Jesus for the first time based on the seed that we sow. Lord, you said you'd give us seed to the sower, and so I ask you again this weekend, give us seed to sow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. One more time, would you give it up for the platform? You guys can go back to your seats.